Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Aaron Ng and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and much, much more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Someone wise once said that marriage is the best test of a person's mettle. In the daily grind of doing life together, a person's character and inner strengths and weaknesses are revealed. Today, we are focusing on growing pains in marriage and we have with us a husband and wife couple, Chris and Inez. Welcome to the Parent Ad Podcast. Could you give uh, our listeners a short intro to yourselves? Uh, how long we have been married? How many children do you have? And what's your profession? Right. Hi there, everybody. My name is Inez. We have been married for six years. We have three lovely kids. They are Isa, Ian and Ike. They are five years old, four years old, and with EK, the newest addition to the family at four months old. And I'm working as a global digital and PR lead for a skincare brand. And I'm Chris. I'm a business lead for social commerce in the media network and partner in crime, of course, with Ines as we bring up this family. Thank you for taking time to be with us despite managing both your work and children. Um, you know, Chris and Ines, in three words, how will you describe your marriage? <laughs> That's interesting. Um, we were talking about this uh, before this. We said Ian, Isa and Nikkei would be the best three words to describe this marriage. Because for a start, they are the fruit of our marriage. The love we have for each other, the commitment, and this project we have in building a family together. But like many other parents, children are the center of attention and family. Uh, especially so with COVID, uh, work from home, everyone is stuck at home. It's so easy where to be caught up with three kids, ensuring that everything continues to run as usual, as normally as possible in the house, as that takes key priority for our lives. Darren also describes one of the key tenets about marriage, that exactly because they are the fruit of our marriage, it's ever more important that the marriage has to be strong. Rather than letting the children take over and run the show, um, the marriage is the plant, the kids are the fruit. If we don't guard and build our marriage strong, be intentional and committed to it, the fruits will turn bad. Yeah, you know, I, I really like your analogy of how marriage is like a tree and that, you know, represents that growth. Uh, and in fact, the children really are like the fruit, right? Um, and marriages normally go through a, a few stages and transitions. There's the honeymoon stage when we first start off, the reality stage past the honeymoon where we realize that there's stuff about each other that we didn't know before, and then you add kids into the mix. Yeah, and I guess both of you are experiencing that with your number three, all right? Um, you know, add to that all our life challenges, career switches, all kinds of uh, issues with uh, health scares, finances. That's, that's quite a lot that parents have to go through. So in your own experience, what will you say have been your pain points in marriage? Well, I guess there are numerous. Um, first, to start off with, transition can be very stressful in a marriage. And to be honest, when we first got married, we didn't know that a transition could actually impact the marriage in such a deep way. 
So when we first got into our transition, uh, we were actually stuck and we had mentors to help us to guide us through. And it taught us one thing, that if we navigate through the pain points or the transition well, it could actually bind us to be stronger as one couple and the marriage to be uh, a lot stronger uh, in, in terms of the foundation. But if you do not manage it well, it will actually magnify the pain and the stress that comes from the transition and it will actually affect the marriage in a very deep way. So for us, we experienced a lot of transition. I think the first were being the sweet arrival of our firstborn. We had our first kid within like the first year. <laughs> we didn't get to enjoy much, but um, just really learning as a first-time parent all the things that we needed to learn. So that was being stressful. And in fact, every newborn that we had, which we had three, uh, it brings along with it a certain level of stress. And it's inevitable because if you ask any newborn uh, parents, they are trying to work with their sleep being deprived. Uh, they're trying to understand why the baby is crying. They're trying to understand what's going on. And if we have, uh, if we have more kids in the family already, there's all this tantrum and meltdowns that we had to manage. So the dynamics is actually quite tricky. Mm. So you, you mentioned now we have three children. Does it get better you know, each time? At least you have a bit more experience. Nope, it doesn't get any easier, nor better. While it's true that you know the drill better, the routines, how to take care of them, how to change the diaper, the principles and all that. But the dynamics of having a new member to the family is always surprising, if not shocking. And when we partner to manage the new dynamics and needs at home, like how I described previously, it's easy to be entirely sucked into the kids and forget about each other. I mean, they are always demanding for our time. Well, right now, they're always demanding for mummy's time, not mine yet. <laughs> there were moments when I just didn't have energy to communicate or express how I feel. Something that takes a lot of energy for me to do in the first place as an introvert. And it always leaves Ines wondering what's going on or if she doesn't notice it, leaves me feeling unheard and unloved, which is a huge part um, in this marriage. These are the times when it's ever most important to be very intentional in sharing how I feel, what I'm going through. Um, and it may be the same challenge that we both face, but it doesn't mean we face it the same way. And, and I think that's one of the key lessons that, that I've learned, especially going through so much. I mean, Three kids is seriously no joke. I mean, Inez just shared about just the routine and stuff, but we haven't thrown in things of kids going to the hospital. We had um, Ian going through the hospital like two, three times in a period of two, three months. I remember this one season. And, and the kind of stress that comes with it is just, we just can't carry it ourselves. It's never meant to be carrying ourselves. So the highs are very high and of course the lows are quite low with the three kids. And that's why we're saying that it's actually very important to be just be, be intentional in communicating it through the highs and the lows. So I remember this one time where he was telling me how he was stretched because he was very burnt out at work. And, and I was in the midst of managing my work and I was managing the kids as well because the kids are really um, asking for mommy's attention all the time. And I was pregnant with baby EK. So there were a lot of things that I'm shouldering. So when Chris was telling me he's burnt out, I was like, you get through it. I got through it, so you'll be fine. But that is not fine because he did say that he's stretched. No matter how um, heavy loaded I am, it's very important to hear him speak. So because I kind of um, disregard or discounted what he said, uh, it became a big issue in the marriage. It felt like uh, the communication had broke down. He felt, was, he felt like he wasn't hurt. Um, so it was a very tense period for us to resolve. We had to get back into our, our daily routine of like communicating, having our weekly lunch, 
really reprioritizing ourselves again in the midst of everything. And that's really intentional. And it was really, I mean, we, because of us being so tired, emotionally drained or physically drained, it's very easy at the end of the day to just uh, lie down on the sofa or just tune in the TV and just zone out or be caught up with work again. But just very small things of bringing that dinner time together, talking little or a lot, just having that communication again uh, was really, really important because that was our investment in the marriage. That was our watering and fertilizing of that tree we're talking about to have that weekly date and through all these transitions. And while it is difficult, while it's tiring, it was definitely worth it because it really helped us to build a foundation we needed to last through. Yeah, so I hear that, you know, that be intentional, have that weekly dates, have that time to have those deeper conversations, you know, pillow talk in that sense, you know, just having time to share your, your stresses, but yet at the same time, not discounting, Chris's stress as well, mm. yeah, and saying that, yeah, I hear you, but we, we'll go through this together. Mm. Um, were there moments in your marriage where you also experienced pain in a deeper way, maybe a form of uh, unexpected loss? You know, like in Singapore right now with COVID, uh, couples are going through a tough time. Uh, people may be losing their jobs or even just really uncertain about their future. Has that been an experience for you? I think the toughest transition was when uh, Chris lost his job. We were married for three years and he was jobless for one and a half years. He was retrenched twice and it was within a very close proximity. Um, so I think the most memorable day, it was, a day, it was a day that I started my first day at this huge FMCG company. I was excited about it, you know, the, the role is good and all that. He sent me to work and later that afternoon, he received news that he was retrenched. So it was a very high for me and it was a very low for him. And how do we actually reconcile through that day was, was just a miracle of, of God. And it was um, very challenging to begin with, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it was uh, initially quite a, a joy, I would say. It's like, yay, no work. You know, I can just take a break, relax, go do whatever I want to do. Um, finally taking a break from everything. But it didn't take long before I start questioning, you know, after a lot of job rejections. I remember going through uh, interviews like six, seven rounds, and at the end of it, they say no. And you start to wonder um, whether is it, they said something wrong with me. I mean, yeah, you, you get rejected once, you get rejected twice, but after many, many times, you start to really wonder what's wrong with myself. It was also very difficult to update relatives who start thinking that I was becoming a bummer depending on my wife or for, my, for a living. And it really goes down to those moments where uh, we prayed together, we spent time together, and I'm really, really thankful that my wife never gave up. I mean, she could have easily just, what's wrong with you? Why, why didn't you just go find a job? Why, is there something wrong? But she constantly encouraged me, try to do practical things like look into my CV, recommend recruiters and all. And it wasn't a, why didn't you? But it was really, let's go through this together. And, and that was really, really important. And of course, during my spare time, I tried to do my little bit in the house of increasing the amount of workloads like chores and routines and kids and all that. Yeah, it was really quite an incredible season for us that we could, we will never forget. Yeah, we will never yeah. forget. I, I believe that as we go through the transition in, in different um, 
part of our lives. Our, sh- our load in of the house and all the, all the things that we need to manage actually shift accordingly. For example, when he was jobless, he could take on more in the house. And I had a very heavy workload, so it was just, it was just great. We were just working out. We were complementing each other. And I think during the entire transition, I, I had two choices. Either I despise him or I honour him and I believe in him. And I believe in him, in his talents and in giftings. It was a bit heartache for me that people couldn't see it and, and validate it. And I really believed in him for, for I think, one over a year. And finally, he, he got hired. And right now, he's really doing well. He's driving the entire social commerce business. And I think during that period of time, it really helped us to um, focus on who the person is and not what the person do. I think that's very critical. Um, I think what really helped us also was to elevate the stress of finances. I know a lot of families, they had uh, tense quarrels over finances. What helped us was that day one, we already set a principle that uh, we had a shared uh, account. So when we married, I closed down my account, all my shares all moved into one account. He closed down his account, they all moved into one account. So day one is that we, we had all the finances out of one account. We believe that the whole family will stay afloat and will do well, uh, whether the income is coming from Chris or my side. Yesterday, it can be him being jobless, but maybe tomorrow I'll be the one stay home mom who had no salary. So I think it really helped us a lot. And, and that's the whole idea that we know about marriage. It's really two becoming one. It's no longer either or uh, who's better than the other, but rather how do we complement? Because if we share a view, um, the differences we have and how incredibly different we are since we started dating, uh, you will be very surprised at how we are still together as one. <laughs> but that's the whole point. Um, when we can see two becoming one, we start to complement one another rather than contradict one another. And that becomes very strong foundation, not just for ourselves, but also for the kids that we bring up. Yeah, you know, when all this happened, I, th- I believe it has been a shock to both of you as well. Um, and, but yet through this, I believe also there's a strength that, you know, that you're drawing forth that past experience, that one and a half years of going through trusting each other, believing in each other. And now you are seeing in a sense that the fruit of that one and a half years. Um, in, in a sense, when we have pain or we have a loss in our life, uh, we can have a different, you know, that's what you mentioned, Ines, uh, perspective, right? We could be really angry, despising uh, our partner or we can honour and choose um, the other person. Um, and, and if that kind of disappointment is not dealt with, uh, it can really lead to a bitterness against each other. So, you know, how can we um, see this loss or this pain to become a gain? Is there some practical tips that you can share with our listeners on how um, those kind of uh, moments where you have experienced have now become something that you say, that's something I hold on to and that's something I want to try. I think one of the first things that we took away from all this was being vulnerable. Um, as, a, as a man, you, you know, I guess in the Asian context, you like it or not, we, we all have this belief system that as a man, you must do certain things, meet certain expectations and be the one who's strong for the house. And it's very difficult to be vulnerable um, and, and, but yet that is so important because it's only when we're vulnerable, when we're open, that's when the other can come and cover us. We seek help when we need to and admit that we need help because that's the time when help can come and mentors can come in, the other partner can come in, uh, whether to just 
give us the wise advice that we need. But until the point where we are humble enough to just admit that we need help, like how I shared with her, like I need help, I'm burning out, or with our mentors, um, I'll just be stuck myself. And because we're so different, she'll never know how to come in and help me. The other thing that I learned is that the fastest way to destroy a marriage is to be self-centered. If I'm ever focusing on my needs and what I can get out of the marriage, I think straight away there will be tension in the marriage. So I think what really helps us through the transition where there are already a lot of frustration, there are already a lot of uncertainties, there's like financial stress, is really to be focusing on what our spouse needs. It's a bit crazy to think of that, but it is actually possible. Uh, because I, we believe that as we enter into a marriage covenant, it's about me laying down my rights so that the other person will flourish and leave. And also Chris laying down his rights so that I will flourish. And in that, we, we, we learn to love each other unconditionally. And one of the things that uh, we decided was that uh, when he was in the pits, even though he may be uh, feeling frustrated and, um, and really don't know what's the next thing to do, what I can do really is to really focus on what will be the best thing I can do to help him. Yeah, he doesn't need any, any person to come in and ask him, like, what's he doing with his life? But he needs an encourager, and that's one thing that I can be for him. Yeah, and in the midst of all this, um, the other thing which I've learned a lot from her being so kind and loving on me is that we need to be kind to ourselves. Um, it's easy to blame ourselves when things don't work out. As parents, uh, constantly in my head is, why is my kid like that? Uh, have I failed as a parent? Have we not considered enough? Or as a husband, have I not loved enough? Have I not done this enough? Why I lost my job? Have I not tried harder enough? And sometimes we may even, even replay certain incidents in our minds and mull over what we did wrong. And, and these are really unhealthy for us personally and for our marriage because we need to be realistic. And if COVID taught us anything, is that we need to be real. Um, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and what we think is right should be, could have, should have, doesn't necessarily be true. Because, um, but what's important though is how we have each other and be kind to ourselves as a couple, as in each other. I think the last thing that really helped us was really be humble and really thankful. Um, there's always ways to be thankful for the small things and the big things that we have and celebrate moments. Especially when, you have, uh, when you're a parent of three kids, there are a lot of things you can <laughs> be upset about. Like the kids are not bathing on time, they're not eating their dinner, they're not listening well. But there's a lot of uh, small wins that we choose to celebrate. And I think being thankful in those moments, even during uh, tough transitions, is one thing that helps to keep us moving forward. Because there's always blessings if you look for it. And so I'm very thankful how um, Ines constantly takes photographs of the kids uh, when they're playing together. Um, especially during those times when I'm too frustrated myself to observe any of these. Uh, and those very precious moments that are caught, it just reminds me that actually things are not as bad. Uh, in the midst of this, yes, it is very challenging. But as we take a few steps back, we start to see that actually things are really not that bad. There's so much to be thankful for. And that really helps us to be focused on the right things and not just on the minor hiccups of the days. Ines, is there something you're thankful for Chris that he does, you know, in regards to marriage? Absolutely. I think one of the amazing things about him is that he pivots really fast. For example, like, you know, a man usually has his own ego and all that, like, I'm the father, I'm working hard and all that. 
But for him, whenever we debrief or we talk about how we could be better parents and all that, uh, when I share with him honestly how I think what the kids need from him, what I need from him, even though it was hard truth, um, he get a bit disappointed or discouraged. But the next day, immediately he's back on his feet. He's on his A game. He said, I'm going to learn to love my wife. I'm going to learn to love my kids better. And I think I really appreciate that, that part about him. Not the flowers? Oh, the flowers as well. He sent me flowers every month to celebrate my anniversary. So wow, we have every month? Yeah. Since we started dating. Yeah, since we started dating. That's a lot of money to the florist, but yeah. Yeah, it's coming from <laughs> our bank, but it's fine. And, and, and the kids actually know that mommy likes flowers. So now they actually pick flowers on the floor and they were like, hey, mommy, flowers for you. So they actually learn how to model, to love their mom, like how Chris loves me. Mm, sounds like... You know, flowers every month, decorations in the house, but yet at the same time, it's a representation of his love for you. Yeah, I also heard from from you uh, earlier that you know, with the younger uh, moms or younger parents at your workplace, you are sharing and you are imparting some of your uh, lessons as well. What are some things that people can do? You know, um, with maybe their friends. Mm. So one of the things that we learn as mothers is that it's very easy for us to fall into guilt trip. You know, that we are not uh, thinking care of our kids well enough, we're not being patient enough. Uh, even for newborn parents, especially newborn moms, whether we breastfeeding enough and all that, there's a lot of things that it will get us down. So one thing I share with the moms is that we can actually be more helpful or we can actually love more lavishly on our kids when we decide to be guilt-free. That goes back to the same point, being kind to ourselves. Uh, it's not easy, so self-care is really important. So I think really that really helps to liberate uh, moms to be more free to love their kids. Mm. At the same time, when they are not so stressed on themselves, they also are more free to love their husbands and the husbands to love their wives as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's almost time um, for, for the end of today's episode. Um, and, and we really just want to thank you for taking time to be with us. But before you go, is there any like last tips that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, for me, it would be appreciating the fact that we have someone who knows us intimately, which is our spouse, uh, someone we can trust and do life with, I see it as a privilege. To me, I always, I got married really late. We got married at about 34 years old. I used to think that's a miracle for me to get married because I'm so strong-minded. Uh, and I always think it's a privilege to have someone to journey life with us. And life will always have its ups and lows. And if we have someone who loves us, who can be unconditionally supporting us, it makes such a huge difference. Even though as we talk through all those tough transitions, having three kids, having unemployment and uh, getting to a new job, there's so many things that we need to resolve in life. But having someone with us, the right person, will be, will, will be the one thing that makes marriage very life-giving. Yeah, and to, to be frank, that, that privilege doesn't come cheap and easy. And um, no one else in our lives will ever have that privilege to have, not even our own parents or anyone closer. And for me, um, one of the takeaways I would say is marriage works when we work as a team, two becoming one. It's literally the coming together of two lives for it to work. We don't just focus on ourselves, our own needs and wants. Um, and when we work as one, we while mindful of each other's growth as individuals, um, it really brings the journey more meaningfully and stronger. Is it challenging? Definitely. Um, but like I said, this privilege is immensely rewarding. Thank you, Chris and Ines, for just sharing so vulnerably. And you know, I, I think what I've learned today is really to uh, be humble 
and acknowledge that the other person is you know someone that you really honor and that's something that you want to do um, to all our listeners uh, our staff at focus and family singapore are here for you if you need to speak to someone in regards to your marriage relationship our counseling support services are available both online and on site and you can find out more at www.family.org.sg/counseling. Uh, you can also subscribe to our monthly e-newsletter, uh, subscribe to be updated on our Family Life content. Do remember to follow the Parent App Podcast and help us to share this episode with your friends. So Chris and Ines, thank you once again for being with us. Um, we just want to thank you all for listening in. Until the next episode, have a great week with your family. Thank you. Thank you.